Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. have come to Torino for the ATP Finals. Welcome to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from day two in Italy and get you caught up on everything in the world of tennis. A lot to get to over the next 30 minutes. Welcome into our studio. Steve Weissman back with the Hall of Famer Jim Courier and the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick over on the big screen. No hat today once again for A-Rod. Engine, engine number nine on the Turin transit line. How about nine in a row for yeah. Novak Djokovic over Stefano Tsitsipas? We just heard Jim call that match. Andy, what would you think? Yeah, it's tough. I, I watched this matchup, and it's it, Tsitsipas actually plays pretty high-quality tennis against Novak. I'm, I, I was with my wife watching the match, and I said, I can relate to this because Tsitsipas plays him tough, gets in these tight situations, and then has to be perfect. You're not allowed to miss a ball on a tiebreaker. The best of all time just force you to be perfect, especially in the toughest moments. I empathize with what Tsitsipas is going through, and it's just really, really, really hard. I'm going to go out of the limb, Steve. Novak Djokovic is really good. <laughs> really good. I, I would offer to say he's great, Jim, yeah. and especially yeah. in this matchup, in these conditions which yeah. favor him. In these tie breaks, too, right? I mean, Brett Haber told us the, the stats. Uh, that's now 16 out of 21 tie breaks for, for Novak this season. That is incredible because if you're getting into a tie break with him, you're doing something right. The problem is that Novak rarely puts a foot wrong in those tie breaks. He's so famous for limiting his unforced errors. Did it again. Played a different brand of tennis in the tiebreak than what got him in the winning position. The forehand was the big force throughout most of the match for Novak. Relied on the defense. How about that backhand passing shot mid-tie? That was just incredible mid-breaker. And that's got to break Steph's heart. I mean, those are tough losses for him because Andy's right. He's playing them close. He's not doing much wrong. But one or two shots and it's over. That means Stefano Tsitsipas no shot at world number one this year and Novak Djokovic still a shot at the biggest prize in tennis history an undefeated champion in Turin 4.74 million dollars. Well for the first time since 1996 there are three former champs in the same group. We start 2020 winner Daniil Medvedev in action earlier today against his friend fellow countryman Andrei Rublev. Andy Medvedev has dominated this matchup over the years but today was a battle. Yeah, I think I remember Rublev maybe getting his first win ever against Medvedev as professionals uh, in Cincinnati last year. Medvedev always asked a question when trying to serve out a set. Good recovery here from Rublev. Serve for the set, lost serve, they get, they find themselves in a breaker. Listen, it's so hard to know when to pull the trigger against Medvedev as you're seeing uh, there from, from, from Rublev. It's just so, so, so tough. And Medvedev able to kind of fight back. Rublev, though, Really, really bared down early in the second set. Tons of disappointment. Way to regain composure. You see him trying to get forward a little bit more. Maybe not pull the trigger down the line from three or four feet uh, behind the baseline. That's the, the, the riddle that Medvedev constantly makes you solve is when to pull the trigger, when to take your moment. Uh, and you see 
Rublev really creating some space, uh, maybe feeling the legs uh, a little bit right there, but did an amazing job uh, returning Medvedev's serve today. Really was in a lot. I, I think he went close to 60% of his second serve points, which is a huge number uh, against Medvedev on a quicker hardcourt surface. And, and right here, you can see him plays against his movement. You can see how much this means to Rublev has not had a lot of success in this matchup. Tough first set, serve for it, lost in the breaker. Really good mental effort there from Rulev. And these are heartbreaking at the end of the year when you're already running on fumes for Medvedev. 37-shot rally to close it out. 50th win of the season. He mentioned gave up seven set points in the first. Needed five match points to finish. Medvedev, 24 aces. Nearly three times as many as Rublev. But Andre, higher percentage of his first and second serves won. Earned three breaks and caught up with Prakash after. Danielas had more success in the head-to-head -head against you. What little adjustments were you able to execute today to get the win? I don't know. I was just believing in myself because every time we play, I play against Daniel, I always had chances. I mean, not chances. No, I didn't say in the right way. Uh, we had great matches, let's put it this way. I had a fight against him. He was winning. And in the end, I was always... The, the turning moment was mentally. Last match that we played in Cincinnati, it was one step forward because there I showed that I can be also mentally strong. And today I think I did even one more step forward. Another step forward for Andre Rublev. Huge win for him. How was he able to get it done, Jim? Well, I think it was persistence. I mean, even that match point, it was, I don't know, 30 shots. I mean, you have to be so patient with Medvedev because his defense is, is amazing and it's so different. He's so deep in the court. And then you've got, you've got to deal with his first serve, too. So it's a really tricky combination. So for Rublev, it was the belief that he could stay in those rallies and then wait for the right shot and then go for it. So that was a, a big notch for him, really big. That's super important for him to kind of get over the hurdle. That's kind of what we're hoping in some ways for Tsitsipas to, to have that same feeling of just didn't work out for him today. Yeah, a little, little different with Djokovic as well. But, Andy, during the highlight, you talked about regaining composure and Rublev said after the match he was actually thinking about when he played in the U.S. Open a couple of years ago and he was up in a tiebreak 5-1 maybe 6-2 and after he lost that first set tiebreak he kind of had nothing left I couldn't play anymore he said he said I was thinking I cannot have that happen again I have to change something it's fascinating that in his mind he thought about that what do you think about it yeah, I mean, we, we uh, apparently there's <clears throat> there's mental scar tissue. I wasn't the only one that ever had it, I guess. But <laughs> you do think of those miniature moments. But to serve for a first set against someone who maybe the matchup hasn't been your favorite, lose serve, lose the tiebreaker, Medvedev starts to get his, his claws into you. Really, really, really good mental effort by Andre Rublev here. And for Medvedev, a little bit of cause for concern, not winning return points with the frequency uh, that he normally does. Uh, I think he won 18% of his first serve return points and just above 40% of his second serve return points. Those are staggeringly low numbers for Medvedev, especially against someone who isn't known as one of the biggest servers on tour. Really, really, really good effort by Andre Rublev making that first serve, but also controlling from that first ball after the Medvedev, Medvedev return. Distributed that one around the court really, really nicely today. Once again, it could be those fast surfaces that we have in Tur you, you all right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Need some water. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get you taken care of. Andy's got your back Andy. on the next highlight either I way. I got it. I'm okay. All right. Yeah. Tears in his eyes, I guess. Night, night session. Here we go. Novak Djokovic, <laughs> Stefano Sitsipas. Uh, as mentioned, Djokovic has won the last eight times in this matchup, including, Jim, the Paris semifinals about a week ago. And this was key. This was the opening game of the match. It would be the only break of serve in the match. The unforced error gave it to Novak back and he ran out the set from there again I talked about how great his forehand was in the opening set so many winners so many more than Tsitsipas who has a terrific forehand as well quick court 
hard to get out of, of defense to offense for C.C. Pass in this matchup, but he did well. He stayed with it, was able to hold on serve. He would get to one break point in this set. That was a brilliant volley there. Love to see him come into the net even more if he could. Just wasn't able to get in there. He'd get the break point on Novak, couldn't take it. Uh, that must frustrate you because you just didn't get that many chances if you're Steph. A lot of creativity, a lot of good use of the crowd, trying to bring them into it. But in the tiebreak, Djokovic would strike early. He would get that, a couple of unforced errors, stake a lead. Tsitsipas would try and get it back in there. But ultimately, Novak just got a little too much game for, for Steph at this point. Steph keeps working on the, the volleys, keeps working on the slice backhand, the return to serve. He's, he's got little incremental improvements he can continue to make to get better. He's gotten better this season, still more to do. There's about one human on the planet who can make that pass. Uh, that's the human, Novak Djokovic. Remarkable in the tiebreak to close it out in straight sets. He improves to 14-1 in opening round-robin matches at the finals. Only lost his debut in 07 to David Ferrer. Taking a look at the final stats and Djokovic. Winning more on first serve and second serve. Got the only break of the match. Yes, they were tied in winners, but the unforced errors. Eight fewer for Novak Djokovic. Andy Roddick, as you break down this match, how was Novak able to get some of these errors out of Stefano Tsitsipas? Well, I, I, I hope you pulled a clip. I, I wanted it from four all in the second set. Uh, it, it's something that goes down as an unforced error in the match. But right here, Novak Djokovic forces Steph Tsitsipas you see that great return, creates some length. Sitsipas goes forward, takes the right shots, red lines two balls in a row, three balls in a row. Those are perfectly hit. Tries to go for the fourth one and finds the front row. But that goes down as an unforced error. That is absolutely a forced error by Novak Djokovic. Sitsipas makes a first serve, gets position inside the court, executes three shots to two different corners, and then tries to have to, he has to create something even more in the fourth ball. Then he gets an error and people go, okay, well, he, he misses back and he had 23 unforced errors. That is a forced error. I don't care what it says in the stat sheet. That is Novak Djokovic. He made that happen. And that's the pressure me mechanism that he creates over and over and over again. And it has a cumulative effect. And that's where the discipline needs to come in. If you're Tsitsipas, you realize you've gone big for those three shots and you've gotten nothing. You have to restart the point. You can't just keep trying to finish it. That backhand, you need to back off of it, hit the rally ball, and look for opportunities again. And that's something that, that is very easy to fall into that trap. I've done it. I'm sure Andy's done it. Steve, I'm sure you're going to do it later today when you practice. <laughs> you feel like you should have won the point already, so you keep pushing, pushing, instead of just saying, I got nothing for that gamble. I've got to reset, stack it, and come back again. I always feel that way. And then my feet stop moving. I'm like, oh, that, that's what happened. your feet still move. That's the benefit of being young. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at the standings in the red group. Novak Djokovic, Andre Rublev still alive for $4.74 million. And then we've got Medvedev and Tsitsipas. Potential must-win situations, especially for Tsitsipas, who doesn't even have a set on the board quite yet. We will head back to turn a little later. Check in with Danny and Prakash. Plus, the Aussie boy band of Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis leading our doubles coverage with a single-winning tune in their ATP Finals debut.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Jim, Andy, Steve back on TC Live. Tennis Channel celebrating the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer with an all-day marathon featuring some of their most memorable matches. Tune in beginning next Monday, November 21st, 6 a.m. Eastern. Now specifically for Andy Roddick, Fox Weather has the forecast in Serena. I'm Fox Weather's Jason Fraser, and here's tomorrow's NATO ATP Finals forecast. So we're looking at the weather in Italy outside the stadium. It's going to be a cold one, low 50s along with some rain showers. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV devices. All right, well, there you go, Roddick. You'll, you'll, you know how it is as they're going from the, the car right into the stadium. We got some doubles action. We got the world number ones, Wesley Kulhoff, Neil Skupski, against the number one draw for fans, Nick Kyrgios, Tanasi Kokonakis. The Aussies were actually singing Backstreet Boys songs entering the court. I want these highlights that way, Andy. Yeah, I, I don't know what I dislike more, the singing of the songs while walking out of the weather report before indoor events uh, every single day. Uh, but it was 52 degrees outside, a little warmer inside in the first set for the Aussies, Kokonakis and Kyrgios. Kokonakis served unbelievably well in that first set. But Kulhoff comes in and he says, you know what, guys? I do this full time. This is what I do for a living. I play doubles. Watch me. Uh, and, and you see down the way they, the court positioning of Skupski, uh, Skupski and Kulhoff just kind of nowhere to be. They play a little bit more doubles. If the talent, they don't win on outright talent, they're winning a lot of these points. You see them splitting the middle, finding the angles, finding the spots. Uh, really good effort to stay in there because uh, it, it felt like Curios and Kokonox were downhill skiing uh, in that first set. So really good effort for those guys to come back and it surely means a lot in the first first match here. Larger than life. Kulovskovsky winning 90% of their first serves. <laughs> Uh, evening session, we had the Croatian duo, Mate Pavic, Nikola Mektic. They won five titles this year, made the semifinals here last year. And they're playing Ivan Dodig and Austin Krychek, Jim, making their finals debut. Listen, doubles, they're so, the margins are so small. And then you bring the speed of this court into play, and you're going to get a lot of tight sets, a lot of tight matches. And that's what we're seeing in the doubles. We're seeing lots of these match tie breaks. This one, Mektic Pavic won the opening set. Early break for Dodig and the American Austin Krychek. And uh, again, just once you get that lead, hard to, to uh, get it back. So they held out into the mini breaker, champions breaker we go. And it's 9-7, uh, Mektik Pavic, they close them out. But we're going to continue to see, I think, a lot of tight matches in the doubles, given how fast this court is. Mektic said the conditions are really, really fast. Last year, I was surprised how fast it was. This year, quote, maybe I got slower. <laughs> he won the title two years ago uh, with Kulhoff. As we take a look at the standings, and it is Kulhoff, Skupski, Mektic, and Pavic leading the way. But as you said, Jim, I mean, th these teams are so close, so neck and neck. Both matches decided by tiebreaker. We talked about the, the singles players playing for nearly $5 million for the winner. It's almost a million dollars for the doubles team to split if they're undefeated. So a lot at stake for them as well. I figure there had to be something if Kyrgios and Kokonakis were getting on the plane from Australia and coming up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think he put on his Instagram, no more L's, all M's this year. So okay. he's, he's talking about the Mills. Okay. I yeah, gotcha. he's, he's getting paid. Uh, coming up next, Andy Murray has an idea to improve our sport. See what Roddick and Courier have to say about that.
Curry Erotic Watchman back on TC Live. Take a look at this. Interesting conversation on Twitter the other day. Three-time major champ Andy Murray talking about court speeds compared with the past said, quote, the biggest problem with today's conditions most weeks is the courts and balls are both super slow, almost zero variety. Why not have some quick courts with slow balls or vice versa? Andy Roddick, what say you? Yeah, I think this is right. Uh, you know, it, it's I don't think that all uh, tournaments should feel kind of like a medium slow situation, right? I, I think we should have balls that are bouncing up and away, higher bounce some weeks, faster through the court. I'm, I'm having fun watching turn because it is different than what we see most of the year. There is a skill to playing low and kind of squirrely through the court and keeping your person, uh, you know, at bay away from you. So listen, Andy Murray knows what makes interesting tennis. Uh, for sure. I, I like this. I think there should be certain parts of the year that are a little bit more extreme uh, both ways for 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 uh, for conditions. I, I have mixed feelings on this. And here's why I played in an era where we had those extremes where clay was like playing on mud. And when you played on the grass, you couldn't even bounce the ball the way you normally would. It was so, it was so slow, uh, so low bouncing and so fast. So I had to completely adjust my game a couple different times of the year, as did everyone else. And what I will tell you is that I've probably never enjoyed watching tennis more in the last 15 years because I've been able to watch longer rallies. I can't tell you how boring it was to, to be involved in, in extremely fast conditions. And maybe we just weren't good enough like the players are these days to, to make those conditions look as good as they do these days in Turin, for example. Those are very quick courts, and they're playing long rallies like Medvedev and Rublev. But I, I would say that, that tennis has been unbelievably lucky in the last 15 to 20 years that the players have been so consistent, and we've had all these rivalries, and I think a big part of that is because they've been able to play the same type of tennis wherever they go. Maybe that would have happened anyway. Maybe they're good enough to do that. I don't know. But one thing I can tell you is that has been enjoyable for me. One thing that I think is worth considering, Andy, however, is consistency of the tennis ball from a health and safety standpoint from the athletes. Changing tennis balls all the time to different, uh, different weights of, of the ball and, and just a sort of different pressure is not ideal on the players. And, and I think there could be some more consistency in here, but it would require some sacrifices financially from the players to make these tournaments whole for the money they're getting paid by these sponsors. Was that an issue for you, Andy? Different tennis balls at each event? Yeah, there's no question. Uh, you know, you would, for, for example, you'd play a different ball in Montreal and Cincinnati, get used to it, then you'd have to spend the next week switching balls and it affects your elbow in a different way. Uh, one thing I do want to say with, with uh, the last 15 years, we act like surface has been the thing that's the biggest change in tennis has been the strings. Right. And it's been an insurance policy for people taking big swings. And we're seeing kind of the first generation of people who train from seven, eight years old with these more forgiving strings. I would have, you know, Jim's kind of selling himself short with maybe maybe he wouldn't have been able to adjust. You give Jim more time and be able to take bigger swings on that forehand side. He would have been a nightmare for a lot of people. So I, I listen, I get that the, 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 the French Open is muddier. I like that Wimbledon isn't what it was. But listen, I always think an indoor court should act like an indoor court. I hate seeing, you know, you go watch some indoor courts on TV and it's slow, dead, low bouncing. I want to see it kind of benefit a certain skill set, much like the clay court season that for two months leading into Roland Garros does. But the strings have completely changed the game. Also, you're 
not seeing people serve through the court uh, quite as much. People are just much better returners than they were at the beginning of my career uh, 20 years ago. There were a couple of guys who could take full swings and returns. Now it's kind of everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that makes our sport so special is the different surfaces, whether you're switching from hard court to clay and then to grass, and, and that they should play a little bit different because Heck, they are different. So if somebody's great on one surface, maybe they're not as great on the other. I like that aspect to it. Taylor Fritz, one of the Americans, chiming in on this conversation as well. And he said, quote, with slower, softer tennis balls, there's never a reward for taking a chance on an aggressive shot. And this is a guy who's got a big forehand and a big serve, Jim. Well, the balls must be pretty light in Torino <laughs> because right. he was <clears throat> pounding them against Nadal in his win the other day. So, look. A lot of this also, when we, especially when players are talking on social media, you can get there. There's some emotion in it, and obviously there's some myopia. They're looking at it from their own lens. What's good for me? Andy Murray wants faster surfaces. That's a big surprise. Of course you do, Andy. You're better on faster surfaces. I want more slower surfaces back in my day. That's the nature of the beast. But it's a good debate. I'm glad we're having it. I don't know that there's a right answer. But for me, the one thing that if, if I was king for a day, I would just bring uh, a little more synergy to the, the type of tennis ball. At, at Wimbledon on, on the grass, we're going to play one ball for the whole grass season. Mm. On the clay, one ball, mm -hmm. period. Yes. Uh, in Australia, one ball. You know, let, let's at least make some sense of the seasons that we have with the tennis ball. If Jim were king for a day, that, that would be a wonderful thing. Either way, Andy, uh, <laughs> when you take a look at this whole, whole scenario, what, what would be your dream situation? Well, listen, it's the same It's the same thing we've been dealing with in tennis for a long time, right? Different factions who have different control over different tournaments choose the money, and it doesn't always lead to consistency uh, across the schedule. That's why there is a difference in balls with, uh, you know, different balls, but on similar surfaces for an entire season. So I think Jim is spot on, but there is a kind of a macro issue that leads to this kind of watered-down effect of having and adjusting every week to a different ball. And frankly, it's, it's bad because all it does is, is is wear out the health of, uh, of a lot of the players from having to adjust and readjust. If we took the long view and actually invested in the players, you know, health for the, the, the kind of the long term of their career, we would we would get serious about this conversation. Is this an issue for amateurs at all, by the way, if, if different ball or is this just a professional players? You can really tell the difference. I, it might be. Yeah. I think the torque that the professionals yeah. put on their arms is significant. I think it's worth looking into. The last thing I will say on this is if the players got together and and really wanted to affect change with, with that tennis ball, they would just have to give up money. It's that simple. It's in their control. You can't expect the tournaments to not sell that sponsorship, but it, you can go to them and say you're getting $5 million for that. We will give up $5 million of prize money over the course of these 10 tournaments to make you whole on that so we can uh, avoid injury. So it's there. It's real and the chances of that happening andy are yeah exactly zero yeah the carlos alcaraz yeah yeah that's, that's not zero. gonna happen i guess we are where we are sorry andy murray a lot more still to get to and this is what we have for you coming up tomorrow big time matches on center court the action begins early 5 30 a.m eastern 2 30 a.m pacific we got Nadal back in action against Felix Ojeda-Aliassime. Taylor Fritz against Kasparut. We're going to break down these matchups when we come back. Back with the highly anticipated hot shot of the day. Andy Jim said this was going to be on it when he was calling the match. This is your hot shot, though, Andy. 
Yeah, it's just you can't go through Novak, so let's try to play up in the court. Let's use a little variety. Great drop shot here, great mix-up. And what do you get out of it? Novak doing this. It is not fair sometimes. This is such a sweet angle. Look at the racket work. Look at the balance. Look at the body control. Still comes up two feet shy of the net. Just You, you won't see that at many clubs, I promise you that. Makes it look very easy. The difficulty, extremely high. Uh, taking a look at the green group singles matches. Maybe a must-win situation between Nadal and Oje Aliassime. Then we got Kasparut and Taylor Fritz, the winners from day one. Let's break them down. Rafa Nadal, 2-0 against Felix Oje Aliassime. That includes a five-set win at Roland Garros this year. But both previous matches, Jim Courier, were on clay. This is what everybody's saying, fast, fast, indoor hardcourt. How does that affect the match? I'm going to be fascinated to see what kind of tennis Nadal brings to the table. He was a little bit flummoxed with his tennis, honestly, uh, the last couple of matches against Tommy Paul back in Paris and, and uh, against Taylor Fritz yesterday. He went away meekly in the, uh, the end of the second set. We don't often see that for him. I think he's trying to figure out what is going on. And what has been going on this fall is Felix Ogiali-Assim's first serve has been murder. It's been Roddick-esque. And he has been winning and winning and winning, except for his first round here. I like Felix in this one, and I wouldn't have said so otherwise, uh, but the later results point me in that direction, Andy. Yeah, four matters. Listen, it, it, you can have the lifetime statistics, and those create a legacy, right? But what's happened the last three months, uh, what, what you do the last three months kind of dictates who's, uh, who's a favorite. And I, I agree with Jim. This is Rafa's least favorite time of the year. This court surface does not really support him. Uh, listen, we have a, another great match with Rude and Fritz, and it's going to be who can do this first strike tennis there. Uh, can Fritz establish terms? Can Rude switch directions? It's going to be an exciting day. By the way, there's the Uncle Tony factor. He, he sat in both yeah. players' boxes on Sunday. He said he's going to be in Felix's player box on Tuesday, which he would not do at Roland Garros. And he says, I always root for my nephew to win. So we'll see what happens. Intrigue. Intrigue, Indy. That means keep it locked right here. Don't change the channel. It's Tennis Channel all day long. Thanks for watching TC Live. Andy, Jim, you're awesome.